Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Don Fite, Pastor Emeritus of St. Joseph of Alliance. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. It's so always good to be with you. Yeah, and it's great that uh, this week we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and today we're going to continue our discussion on the First Commandment uh, as we go through the questions of the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, Question 353 asks, why do we worship God? Well, the first thing I can say is we worship God because God is. God exists. And what what else can we do? Uh, The choice would be to worship God or to ignore God, to deny God. Uh, But the proper human response when when you sense that there's something beautiful and good and true that is all um, embracing of, of all that and, and all that is is, uh, all that I am, all that the world is, all that the universe is, what can I do but worship? Huh? Um, that's the appropriate response to God, to uh, submit my life to his, to uh, uh, say, Lord, I'm not God, you are. So not only is worshiping God beneficial to me because it keeps me from getting too proud and too exalted and thinking I am God, uh, but it also frees me uh, to not get caught up in the powers of this world that sometimes we can give so much um, credit to uh, and, and think that uh, you know maybe a science, uh, so many people have uh, thought that science uh, Louis Pasteur, you've heard of him. Yes, I have. Okay. He was on a train once going to University of Paris where he taught, and a young college student saw him praying the rosary and mocked him for that. He says, sir, you don't need that stuff anymore. Science has given us uh, the understanding of how we can control life. And uh, Professor Pasteur just just listened, never said a thing, uh, while the young man expounded on his atheistic approach and exalting science. And then at the very end of the train ride, he pulled out his card from his pocket, and he said, young man, someday you might need this. And it just says very simply, of course, Louis Pasteur, University of Paris, Department of Science. <laughs> I wonder how that young man felt <laughs> as he walked away. Uh, what a beautiful man he had been mocking, really. And uh, Mr. Pasteur was humble enough to just take it. But that's what we have to do. We have to realize that in our humility, we must worship God because he is God. I think uh, from what I recognize of people who say they don't believe in God, most of them are extremely intelligent. And it's like they've been able to rationalize with themselves away the existence of God or the need for God. And, And again, by looking at science as one way, Uh, Or here in America, I think we're overwhelmed with materialism and the importance of having a nice home, a nice car, uh, going 
going to nice restaurant, restaurants, uh, wearing nice clothes, all, all the appearances of success and materialism when, in fact, you know, I love the old country approach. You know, my family on my dad's side is from Italy and my mom's side from Germany. The old country in Europe, you know, they worked hard out in the fields and they did a lot of physical labor that didn't pay necessarily very well. But, boy, they said their prayers before every meal and they were at Mass uh, every Sunday morning. That's right. That's why I love the picture of Malay, uh, the Angelus. Uh, some people have seen it probably. It shows two people out in the field, and, and there's no tractors around. This is an earlier time where they just had simple hoes that they're working in the field with, and uh, uh, but the tools are dropped to their side on the ground, and there's a man and woman standing there with their hands folded, obviously, in prayer. And then you have to look closely at the picture. Why are they praying out there in the middle of the field? There's a little tiny church steeple way off in the distance. What they were hearing was the ringing of the church bells, which Catholics call the Angelus, the, the prayer that starts out, the angel of the Lord declared to Mary. And that's prayer is prayed at noon. And they heard that prayer. And just the, that picture, which hung in my, mother, my grandmother's uh, house when I was a kid over her table, I just love that picture uh, because it said to me something profound about what life is all about. Yeah, there's a lot to do. There's work to be done but I have to first submit myself to God. And those two people take time for prayer. That always spoke to me of what I should be doing too. Not that I always remember to do it well, but isn't that the call of this first commandment, to put God first all through the day? Yeah, and if we say little prayers like the Angelus or, you know, Lord, please help me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, please give me the gift of faith. If we say little prayers to the Lord throughout the day, it keeps uh, our focus where it should be putting God first in everything we do, think, say, and do. And <laughs> you were so good, Tim, a minute ago when you said uh, some of what you see as what prevents that, and those were false gods, the materialism, the consumerism. Uh, Pope Francis is constantly warning us of such things. Uh, that the, the, these, are the, these are the false gods. When he said, have no false gods before you, uh, that's what we tend to do. We tend to put the things of this world and this life as number one. Even health. You know, how many times we say, oh, if I just have my health. We can even make our health a false god, where I just have to be in perfect shape and have to be a certain weight and everything. You know, there's going to come a day, we all know, when our body is not going to respond to what we try to do to keep it healthy. And so even health is not the ultimate goal of life. Uh, that can become a false god. That's a good point because I've, I've heard people say, if you have your health, you have everything. And that nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have faith in God. Same thing with uh, people saying, my family is the most important thing to me. They can't be. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus says, you got to, you know, he, he goes to the extreme yeah. and says, you have to hate your mother, hate your father, you know, hate your brother, hate your sister. Which but, was a Hebrew expression for, you got to put them second. Right. God has to come first. Amen to that. And, and uh, again, we, we don't have that in America or really around the world. I, I read where it's the same thing in Italy and in Germany and the European countries. People aren't going to church. They're not putting God first in their life. And that's what this first commandment is all about. I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before you. And that means we have to find a way. And that's, again, that's why I love being a practicing Catholic and going to Mass first thing every morning. It's the first thing I do. Mm -hmm. I put God first in his rightful place. 
Uh, I also pray for my family and friends. I also petition God for the things I feel that I need. But most importantly, I'm worshiping God the way that he asks us to worship him. And that's what Jesus did at the Last Supper. He taught the apostles, you know, do this in memory of me. Mm -hmm. And so we've done that for 2,000 years as Catholics. So, again, by by listening and obeying, but, again, not for God's benefit. It's for for our benefit. That's That's the thing that people don't understand. They're cheating themselves by not worshiping God and not going to Mass. They're not doing it for God's benefit. They think, I don't get anything out of it. But the question is, what do you put in it? What do you put into Mass if you're not getting anything out of it? And again, what you should be getting out of it or what you should be putting into it is, at the very minimal, thanking God for all the blessings and graces he's given you. And Tim, you've got to write a book about that someday. That's I'm funny. working on it, good. as a matter of fact, Father. <laughs> good. That's one of the very things good. I'm working on. <laughs> uh, one of the things, you know, that maybe we don't think it's serious, but I've noticed that sometimes people will say to me, well, Father... Um, uh, they, they're worried about their future, about their health, or about maybe one of their children might be going to get a divorce, or maybe they need to buy a new house, and they're not sure if, they have, if they're going to be financially secure enough. But sometimes they get tempted to, well, you know, God, I need some answers. And when they pray and they don't seem to be getting answers, they will be tempted to consult other powers, the stars, uh, check my horoscope, for example, or go to a psychic, who might uh, have some control over some spiritual powers they feel that might be able to predict the future for me, uh, play the Ouija board. All these forms are called superstition. Those are sins against this first commandment of not trusting and seeking God. And just like you said, trusting. Um, that's such an important word. Uh, there's always that temptation to to put something else there which could even lead into... Uh, demonic uh, things, you know. Where you, well, even yoga. Uh, I mean, some people think yoga is harmless, but it's not. It all depends. It, it, you know, if it's just exercise, but sometimes when you get into the real intense forms of it, the real deep forms of it, it includes getting in touch with mystic uh, spiritual powers um, and that certainly are not directed toward God at all, that, as I understand it. And um, Right, so, meditating on something other than God. Yeah. That is not, you know, it's just not uh, the, the, the way we should be focusing on God as much as possible at all times and everything we do. Um, and uh, there, it can, there's doctrines out there that are contrary to our faith, and we have to be careful uh, that we don't dabble in things that are just against what we really believe about God. There's no, there's no secret words or secret knowledge that we have to have. Um, some of us have studied a little bit of church history, and we know there's a, uh, an old-time uh, uh, way of structuring the Christian faith that was called Gnosticism, which was uh, the saints had to come out against it because the Gnostics sort of implied that, you know, if you really want to have an inside track on, on, the, on help from God and power from God and everything, you need to know this. And they would have some special knowledge that, well, most of you ordinary Christians don't have. And uh, Gnosticism, time and again, has been a temptation within the church. In my lifetime, Tim, and yours, it was called New Age things. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can have power. I can wear a crystal on my body, or I could do things like this that give me powers uh, that know, you know, there is only one God. And uh, 
uh, all, all that I need will come from God and the, what he gave me. Um, I don't need to seek out these other secret things uh, that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So last question before we go, Father. 357 asks, is atheism always a sin against the first commandment? Well, Tim, uh, I can't say it always is because sometimes it isn't an explicit uh, denial of God. Uh, there are some people who have never even seriously considered God yet. They sort of casually say, I guess I'm an atheist, but they haven't really come to grips with uh, with whether or not they're going to believe. And uh, so it depends on how, one, how much one has uh, consciously moved toward faith. Uh, if it's a rejection of God uh, that says, I don't want God, I don't need God, I don't... Uh, well, now we're getting into serious sin here, where we, you know, we're, we're just denying God, mm-hmm. and um, that it could be very sinful. But it's uh, uh, sometimes uh, I think people have been predisposed because of the things they've heard that are seen in us Christians that they didn't some of our sins that mm-hmm. kept them from coming to God. So that's excellent. Well, we've been listening to Father Don fight. Father, can we have a blessing before we go for today? Sure. Dear God, as we have finished now our little reflection on the first commandment, thank you so much for reminding us that we must put you first in our life now and always. May we be people who worship God with all our hearts and souls, mind and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. This is Tim Perry. Until next time, may the light of the Father shine upon you and yours. See you soon. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.